What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Friday, November 6th. Man, oh man, is Devontae Adams freaking good. Three straight weeks with 30-plus PPR points. That's special right there. Good on you if you have Devontae Adams. I've seen a couple people hit me up on Twitter, at Jeff Radcliffe, who faced the Adams-Rogers stack in season long. Yikes, that's a nice hole. That is a nice hole. Right there. That's what she said. Anyway, before we get into the matchups, is that what she said? I don't know what just happened there, but I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor for today, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there's no salary caps, and you don't have to play against the Sharks. That means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and of course, football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? Monkeyknifefight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. I like that. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. All right, so let's do it here. Let's dive in, of course. Uh, if you want all of this information, uh, you can check out the report over at ftnfantasy.com. Use the promo code RATPACK to get yourself 10% off on a subscription. And if you're on the fence, by the way, if you've been on the fence, I don't know if I should subscribe. Hey, it's week nine already, Jeff. Well, no, you now get it until week nine of next year, right? It's a 365-day subscription. It's not like you just get it until the end of the season and that's that. So it's well worth getting in, and we're at a discounted price point compared to what you would pay at you know August next year if you decided to get in. So this is a good time. Promo code Rat Pack gets you ten additional percent off. It's a good time of the year to get in over there, and then the beauty is you'd already have it for fantasy draft season next year. So if you want to check it out, ftnfantasy.com. But let's start things off here. With the Denver Broncos and Atlanta Falcons, Drew Locke, man, looked like crap for the first three quarters of that game last week, but then looked like John Elway for the final quarter. It's a good matchup. It really is. It's Atlanta. We know that. But I'm not going to go too overboard here. I don't think we can use Drew Locke in, in one quarterback leagues. Two quarterbacks, sure, roll the dice, but he's just too volatile right now in one quarterback formats. Not going that far. Also getting a lot of questions about Tim Patrick. He's far from out of the woods with the hamstring injury. If we see him get to full, I'm recording this before practice reports on Friday, then he will go. Otherwise, he'd be iffy. He'd be very questionable to play. I love this matchup for Noah Fant as well, though. The Falcons are so friendly to opposing tight ends. Number one fantasy matchup. Opposing tight ends averaging 67 yards and a touchdown per game against the position. That's across all tight ends, not just like a tight end averaging that. So keep in mind, Albert O is there. And maybe we get gesickied by him, you know, touchdown vulture. But, you know, I'll take I'll take my chances with Noah Fant. On the other side, I don't really know. I would be lying to you if I said I know why Todd Gurley wasn't being used in the first half last week. But... 
you'd have to think that sort of thing wasn't necessarily hot hand, but may have been sort of doghouse. I'm not overly concerned, though, because in the second half, he was back to his normal usage. He ends up playing 36 to 70 offensive snaps. I saw 11 more than what Brian Hill saw, saw in that contest. So he's still ahead of Brian Hill. And, you know, this is a weird week where you have a couple running backs on by. You have a couple running backs sort of coming back to the pack. Todd Gurley is basically a fringe RB1. Even though I don't love this matchup, he's a fringe RB1. Seattle and Buffalo, oh, this is going to be fun. It's, you know, you're starting the usual suspects for Seattle, Russ, Metcalf, Lockett. But what about DJ Dallas? Getting a lot of questions about him, especially after last week's impressive performance. So as of today, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde have yet to practice. That could change today. Travis Homer did get to limited yesterday, but I still think that we could see another full run of DJ Dallas here. In this matchup, if Hyde and Carson remain sidelined. So that's good, obviously, for Dallas. And so is the matchup, believe it or not. The Bills have allowed a 100-yard rusher in two of the last three games. Clyde Edwards-Lair in Week 6, and then Damian Harris last week. So not bad for DJ Dallas. He'd be an RB2 play. Josh Allen, I know people are kind of cooling off on him. And in fact, I think this is a great time to possibly buy low on Josh Allen. As, you know, all right, the last month he's 13th among quarterbacks in fantasy scoring. He was second over the first month of the season, so not as not as good, you know, but there have been positive signs. And remember, the the, the Kansas City game, that was in bad weather. He threw for 300-plus last time we saw him. I, I think he's still fine. I'm not worried about him at all. And this is one of those, though, I will say, and I've said before, if it doesn't happen this week, well, then maybe, all right, we could push the panic button. But... Seattle, phenomenal matchup, 367 net passing yards per game allowed. So I think Allen gets back on track. Also, I do prefer Zach Moss over Devin Singletary because of the red zone work that I've talked about on the pod this week. But I don't like either of them as anything more than a flex option. Seattle is a good run defense, 3.7 yards per carry allowed to running backs. Chicago, Tennessee, if you look up the definition of the word meh, you're going to see a picture of David Montgomery. I know, I'm shredding this guy, but he's the ultimate jag running back. But the thing about him is he has no competition for touches, so the volume. He had 23 touches last week. 23! He's an RB2 based on the volume, but that's all he is. Uh, Also, Jimmy Graham had seven targets last week. I know a lot of people just look at the catches and are like not excited, but I'll take the seven targets. I don't mind using Graham as a streamer if you had to. He's, he's good in practice, too, by the way. After missing practice early in the week, he's good to go. Ryan Tannehill flashed upside earlier in the year, but he doesn't really have a high ceiling, and it's just the passing attempts. That's what really kills him for fantasy purposes. 233 passing attempts on the season. That's just 19th in the league. So that lack of volume, that puts a damper on his fantasy ceiling, and then he's facing a good Bears defense as well. 242 net passing yards allowed per game, so... Tough to use Tannehill this week. He's a perfect two-quarterback lead quarterback, but he is not in the mix as a one-quarterback quarterback. There you go, if that makes sense. John o. Smith coming back to the pack. I've mentioned a couple times in the podcast how I think it has to do something with Corey Davis being out there. Well, I looked into it a little bit more. John o. Smith, over the last two years, three games without Corey Davis, so it's not a big sample size, but 10.1 PPR points per game. The rest of the games with Corey Davis... Three fewer PPR points per game. So there might be something to it in the red zone for sure. John Smith coming back to the pack, but I think he still is on the fringe of tight end one territory. Baltimore Indy. 
I don't think Mark Ingram plays. I mean, hey, J.K. Dobbins was awesome last week. I've raved about him all week long. Do we use him this week, though? Or Gus Edwards, for that matter. And it is a really tough matchup. Indy is very good against the run. 3.3 yards per carry allowed this season to the position. They completely shut down DeAndre Swift and Adrian Peterson last week. But Dobbins is, uh, well, he's special, man. I'm seeing some special things. That game was really impressive last week. So I think if Ingram doesn't go, I would use Dobbins as an RB2. I would look for reasons to not use Gus Edwards if I could get away with it. I think this is the type of defense that can shut down Gus Edwards. Uh, Dobbins, just his his ability to create after contact is what makes him so special. On the other side, Jordan Wilkins, Jonathan Taylor, both back full in practice. Frank Reich talked about earlier in the week how it basically is a hot hand approach in that backfield, so we can't feel safe with Jonathan Taylor we can't feel safe with Jonathan Taylor against this Ravens run defense that is the the sixth worst fantasy matchup for running backs. So he's a flex, you know, and I'm not happy about it. As you can hear from my voice, he's a flex, like not as advertised with Jonathan Taylor. Carolina, Kansas City, Christian McCaffrey is as advertised, and it looks like he will be back this week. So again, just to reiterate what I've said, Mike Davis remains on fantasy rosters. And that is not the case. I took a peek over at ESPN, and he was dropped in 20% of the leagues he was owned in. Now, he's owned almost across the board. He was owned in like 97% of leagues. So he's now out there in far too many leagues. Even if I don't have McCaffrey and he got dropped, I would consider picking him up as a handcuff, the naked handcuff in this instance, because if McCaffrey goes down again, Mike Davis is right back to where he was before. Right back to where he was before. That's reactionary to to have dropped him in that many leagues. And, you you know, you may be in, like, high-stakes leagues and you're like, yeah, he wasn't dropped. Yeah, I I get it. But there are a lot of people listening to this pod who are in these, like, more casual leagues. He was dropped. Pick him up. Teddy Bridgewater, you can drop him, though. And and by the way, Kansas City only allowing 213.4 net passing yards per game. I still like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I think they're fine, but not Teddy. On the other side, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 33 snaps, Le'Veon Bell, 17 snaps last week. They both touched the ball nine times, but I think the snaps is really key. Obviously, Carolina's a good matchup. We know that. 4.7 yards per carry allowed to running backs this season. So that's beautiful right there. I think Edwards-Alaire is still a back-end RB1. Le'Veon Bell, is a he's a flex. He's a flex. Now, if you own both of them, and you're considering starting both of them. Like, I know it's a good matchup, but starting both of them is volatile AF. Here's why. Let's say it's a game script like last week where Mahomes just says, you know what? <laughs> Get on the back, boys. I'm going to throw for 400 yards and five scores. It's very likely that Clyde Edwards and Lair and Le'Veon Bell don't get in, the, in on the bonanza, and therefore they don't end up being very good fantasy plays. So you just double-dipped on that one, and you probably lost as a result because you, you double-dipped on you know, no scoring. That's in the realm of possibility. That's the reason why I don't want to double-dip here. If I have both of them, I'm only playing Clyde Edwards-Alaire. If I have Le'Veon Bell only and I needed a flex, I would consider it. Detroit, Minnesota. So the latest that we have on Matthew Stafford, his wife put on Instagram that they, this was yesterday, had back-to-back days where everybody in the family was negative. So there's there's a chance he suits up. There's certainly still the chance that Chase Daniels plays. If Chase Daniels plays, it's a downgrade across the board. 
I'm still going to use DeAndre Swift as an RB2. I think he gets back on track this week. It's a much better matchup. It's not a like not one of the top matchups on the board, but much better than having to face Indianapolis. Zimmer got his game last week. He's going to get it again. Dalvin Cook's going to go nuts in this one. The Lions are the second best matchup for running backs in fantasy football. 4.5 yards per carry. 1.1 rushing scores surrendered to the position this season. Giddy up, Dalvin Cook. Giants-Washington. Daniel Jones isn't starter caliber this week in one quarterback leagues. Washington's pretty good against the pass. I talked about it on the pod yesterday. They're allowing 206 next net passing yards per game to opposing quarterbacks. So that's not that, that's the lowest in the league. But here's the thing with Daniel Jones. Over the last three weeks, he's thrown five touchdowns. He's rushed for 186 yards. And not all of it was just that run against Philly, obviously. He's not that bad. He's the uh, you know, he's the number 13 quarterback over that span. I mean, it's a small sample size, but he's not as dreadful as he was earlier in the year. And I'm in two two home leagues that are two quarterback. He was dropped in both of those leagues, and I picked him up as my third quarterback now. He's got a high ceiling. I think having Sterling Shepard back helps that team immensely because it takes the pressure off of Darius Slayton because Darius Slayton shouldn't be a number one. I mean, not that Sterling Shepard should, but it's 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 a one and one a thing, which is a good thing for those guys. I, I don't mind Daniel Jones going forward. Not this week, but going forward, yes. Antonio Gibson, I love Antonio Gibson. By the way, uh, Devon Freeman got back into practice, but he's far from a lock to play. Wayne Goldman would be the New York David Montgomery if uh, Freeman doesn't go. Antonio Gibson is not the Washington David Montgomery. He's very, very uh, dynamic. You know, he has such a high ceiling. And I like the fact that they gave him 20 carries last the last time we saw this, this offense. He's in the RB2 conversation going forward including this week, against the Giants are pretty good matchup. 12th most PPR points per game to running backs. Houston and Jacksonville. Deshaun Watson with, with Bill O'Brien this season, 19.1 fantasy points per game. Without Bill O'Brien, 27.7 fantasy points per game. It's really bad analysis. I know, it's superficial, but I do think there is something here, just in watching the team after Bill O'Brien, that that is to Watson's benefit. And he's now back into that almost elite category that we had him in to start the season, which is very good for fantasy purposes. I like him in this matchup as well. 285 passing yards per game. 2.1 passing touchdowns allowed per game by the Jags. So Watson is in a smash spot. David Johnson is a mid-range RB2. He's basically what we thought he was going to be. He's 18th in PPR scoring right now. But it is a nice matchup. Pushes him up into RB1 territory against this Jags defense. 105 rushing yards per game, one rushing score per game to opposing backfields. Some people, and I talked about this earlier in the week, but some people have said, well, Jake Luton, that hurts James Robinson. I don't see how it does. He's going to get a ton of touches, and that's really all we're looking for here. He touched the ball 18 times the last time he faced this defense in week five, and they're allowing 5.7 yards per carry. James Robinson's an RB1 this week. All right, on to the Raiders, who actually got fined a pretty hefty fine and lost a six-round pick for how they've handled they handled COVID last month. But regardless, Josh Jacobs popped up on the injury report, uh, was a DNP yesterday. I'm not really worried about him. That's kind of – we've seen that out of Josh Jacobs before. Had 31 carries last week, and it's a decent matchup. Tenth most fantasy points per game allowed to opposing running backs this season is what the Chargers are allowing. So 
I expect a healthy dose here of Josh Jacobs. On the other side, I do not expect a healthy dose of Josh Kelly. Man, he looked bad. He Troy Main Pope outplayed him last week. And Troy Main Pope is out of the concussion protocol. So I think if you're going to use one, it's Justin Jackson. And I don't love it because how many times have we said this? Oh, if you're going to use one, it's this guy. And we're wrong every week. But it is a nice matchup. The number six fantasy matchup for running backs. Uh, the Raiders are one of just eight teams to allow over one rushing score per game to the position. So if you're going to use one, Justin Jackson, I would not use Joshua Kelly this week. So watch. It'll be a Joshua Kelly week. Anyway, Justin Herbert is rolling. I think we might be in a little bit of a sell-high window just because the the hype for Justin Herbert is very real, although I do love this matchup. So maybe I'll hold on to him for one more week. But uh, you might be able to fetch a bounty, especially... Now, if he's your number one quarterback, no, you don't sell him. But if you have Justin Herbert and, like a Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson, I mean, he's expendable for you. You could move on, and you could probably fetch a a, a nice return on your trade. Pittsburgh and Dallas, love me some James Conner this week. The Cowboys are one of just three teams to allow over five yards per carry to opposing running backs. Conner, he's averaging 18.3 touches per game. Bell cow, baby. He's a top five play. How, how about that? If I'm going to use one, I, I man, I have it Claypool, Juju, Deontay Johnson, but it's really close between all those guys. I don't want to use more than one of those guys in my my lineup. I, I think Smith-Schuster has the highest floor. The other two have higher ceilings, and I would give the edge to Claypool if I was choosing between Claypool and Johnson. And I do think Ben is a back-end quarterback one in this one. I don't like anything on the other side. It's going to be either Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush. That puts a damper on Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. I talked about it last uh, yesterday. And Cooper you could potentially use as a wide receiver three, but I don't love that. As far as Ezekiel Elliott, don't get too crazy here. He's still an RB two. I'm not going to start some. I'm not going to talk myself into into starting some flex. Like, oh, uh, Damian Williams' matchup is awesome. Start him over Ezekiel. No, no. I'm not doing that. I think that's just getting too cute with your with your lineups. Miami, Arizona, there's nothing here to replace Miles Gaskin with. Breedis doesn't look like he's going to play. Jordan Howard, we know what he is. Patrick Laird is just a guy. And I like Savan Ahmed, but that's the deep dynasty in me talking. I don't think he's going to get much of a run here. So there's not nothing that we have there to replace Miles Gaskin. On the other side, though, we certainly have something to replace Kenyon Drake. That something is... Chase Edmonds, this matchup is awesome. He's going to be a three-down back. He is a top-ten play this week. New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Kamara's been awesome. How about that? Over 100 scrimmage yards every game except one this season. That was against the Bucs, his opponent. Well, I don't care. He was still the number eight fantasy running back that week. I think the bigger thing we have to look at is Michael Thomas. Is he going to play? And I wish I could say yes or no. I have no clue because he's been limited, and that really doesn't tell us much. If he plays, you use him despite the potential shadow from uh, Carlton Davis. Keep an eye on Chris Godwin and if he can catch footballs at practice today. If he's not catching footballs, he's not playing. If he doesn't play, Antonio Brown could see a somewhat expanded role to maybe push him into RB3 territory. If Godwin does play, I don't think there's enough meat on the bone to consider Antonio Brown in season long, or in DFS for that matter. Rounding it out with the Patriots and Jets, this is a snooze fest, but Cam Newton is still a fringe quarterback one. 
Last week, nothing in the passing game, right? 174 passing yards, whoopity freaking do. Well, he rushed for 54 and a score. That was 18.4 fantasy points. That was fringe quarterback one territory. If Stafford doesn't play, I'll rank Newton at uh, 12. If he does, I'll rank him at 13. Stafford will be at 12. There you go. Damian Harris, be careful, be careful, be careful. Yes, last week was appealing. Yes, I'm sure there's a hype train for him out there. But he only played 20 snaps. He is only the early down back. I don't think that is reliable enough to use him as a starter outside of a flex spot. I get you could use him as a flex if you need to. But the the fact that he's not using the passing game is not encouraging. So good matchup, sure, but be careful. Just be careful. So, you know, it's important to have your expectations set at the proper level, right? As far as the other side, I don't think Crowder gets back. If he does, we'll use him, right? He's the only guy you can use from this team. But I am still keeping an eye on LaMichael P. Ryan. He equaled Frank Gore in touches last week, but he has so much more upside than Frank Gore and actually was fairly widely dropped. So keep an eye on his usage this week. There you go with all of the matchups here. Of course, you can get the report over at ftnfantasy.com. Go check that out now. Check out our our entire network of sites, ftnfantasy.com, ftndaily.com, ftnbets.com. It's a very good thing. That is going to do it for us, though, this week. So keep reviewing the, the show on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't reviewed it already, it's really easy if you have an iPhone. All you have to do is open up the app, go to my podcast, The Rants, with Jeff Ratcliffe, and click the stars, and you're done. Those reviews help out so much. Because we got to 1K, we are going to do a celebration. It is in the works. It's coming, I swear. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you are a listener of the show. Enjoy the football this weekend. It's going to be a good one. We'll be back Monday to unpack everything we saw in Week 9 on Sunday. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.